specifically business books, mm. but not just any kind of business book. They're, they're a business book that elevates you and positions you as an authority in your field, which mm. means you can charge more for what mm-hmm. you do. And you also start building secondary and tertiary passive income streams through, through collaborations. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9-to-5-er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos, and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Welcome to the Success with Savita podcast and today on the show with me is my lovely guest who joins me from London, Mitali Deipurkista. I want to take a moment to introduce her to you. Mitali is a ghostwriter turned business book expert, aka the authority creator. She transforms coaches, consultants and speakers into thought leaders by becoming published authors within 90 days. She has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS and Fox. And she's helped her clients generate over $5 million in additional business revenue. As the recipient of coaching and mentoring for weight issues, addiction, mental health, business and career, she has made it her life's mission to help coaches, consultants and speakers succeed. Her favorite business book is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And I have to say it's mine too. In today's conversation, Mitali explains why you should write a business book to establish your authority, credibility, and thought leadership. And she breaks down the book writing process beautifully. So listen on, take notes, and remember, this is a conversation you are going to come back to and you would want to come back to if you plan to write a book someday. Hi, Mitali. Welcome to this show. And to all my audience out here, with me today is my really special guest joining me from London, Mitali Deipurkista. I hope I've got that right. I tried. You did. You did very well. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) Welcome, Mitali. Thank you so much for giving me time today. And I'm very excited about this conversation. And let me tell you, because I may have a very selfish uh, reason behind it. I may write a book someday. So I'm very interested to break this down. Uh, So uh, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, Salika. Thank you. And uh, I'm so happy to have you. I want to just dive right in and begin with your journey. What's your story? What brought you from banking uh, to uh, your your days as a banker to where you are right now, where you're helping people write a business book? Um, I hope I've got the banking right. You did. You did. Um, although that's halfway into my story. So my story started okay. a long time before that. So mm-hmm. I always wanted to write. I always enjoyed writing stories. I write, I liked writing poems. I liked writing essays. I was that, you know, really annoying, boring kid at school that actually enjoyed doing essays and, and handed them in well before time. And all the other kids were like, oh God, I have to write that essay. And I used mm-hmm. to enjoy it. I just used to enjoy it. However, I never really saw writing as a career option. Um, I, my parents wanted me to be a doctor. It's all that, that typical thing that Asian parents always are. Be a doctor, be an engineer, be an accountant, or be an, a lawyer, basically. Mm-hmm. Those are the four main things they want you to be. So I picked uh, subjects to help me study medicine in uh, at university. Um, but then I won a scholarship to a writing school. Um, in Edinburgh, just a summer school, only for four weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's when I I really started to see writing as a career option. Actually, uh, with a few of the kids, we co-wrote an episode of Brookside. Mm. So that had a really profound effect on me, seeing the episode of Brookside and thinking, oh my God, I helped write that episode. It's on TV now. And there's actors and actresses acting out the scenes that I created. It was no longer just a hobby anymore. Mm. So then I decided, no, even though my parents are upset, I I don't want to do medicine. I really want to do writing. So I changed my subjects. I went to university in Manchester, did a media studies degree. 
I then went to London to study uh, a master's at the London School of Journalism. And for a number of years, I was a freelance journalist in the Mm. northwest of England. So Uh I was really, really happy there. The reason why I got into banking is I never really wanted to get into banking at all. What ended up happening was uh, around 2001, nearly all journalists were losing their jobs. Because Mm. if you remember back in 2001, this was when the internet was really coming into the fore. And a lot of editors were very short-sighted. They just thought, oh, no one's going to want to read newspapers and magazines anymore. Everyone's Mm. going to go online. What they didn't realize is the medium was changing. That's all. People still need content. They still want to read the news. They want to be entertained. They want to be informed. They're just moving from newspapers and magazines to websites. But editors were not listening to this. Mm. So a lot of us lost our jobs and we couldn't find jobs anywhere else. So then I I spent 10 years doing lots of different kinds of jobs and I ended up falling into banking. I hated it. I still, it was my worst job that I ever had in my life. It's, I mean, the the company I worked for, Barclays, was, they were very great. Well, you know, very big bank and, you know, they were wonderful to me. So it's not them, it's not Barclays. It's just banking was not me. That's not who I am. And I spent 10 years in the wilderness, not really knowing what to do, but I have to pay the bills. So you have to have a job. Mm. So that's what I did. And then in 2013, a friend of mine was telling me about this new Google update, which meant nothing to me because I'm not very technically minded at all. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? What, what, why are you telling me about this Google algorithm update thing that I don't even fully understand? He said, mm. no, listen to me. Because of this update, website owners can no longer outsource out all of their web content, their articles, their blogs. They can't outsource out to places like Southeast Asia and Eastern Europe. They now need native speakers or native writers Hmm. to write their website content, which means you can now get back into writing. You can advertise your services. And there's now website owners who are thinking, oh, no, we need a native English speaker to start writing our content. Hmm. And that was how I got back into writing. So I started writing blog posts and articles, which then led to emails, sales pages, landing pages. And then I eventually ended up with books. Wow. So yeah, it was a, it's amazing to think that if I didn't have that conversation with that friend at that point, I might yeah. still be banking. Right. my life, but you know, having to do it because I need to pay the bills. Right. And that's interesting you should bring that up because we always think that when someone goes into banking, it must be willingly, right? Because it's like such a like considered a safe job a good job especially for South Asians right because we think oh yeah yeah and it's also interesting that you should bring up that your parents want you to be a doctor because uh, in India uh, we have this joke now which is when I mean not not the current generation but at least um, the millennials and the uh, even the boomers and everybody right the joke is that you were either a doctor or an engineer or a disgrace to your family. So which one are you? We yeah, have an accountant and lawyer. Yeah. Uh, so those just won the option. So, and the joke still stands because they're like, oh, which, which of these three buckets do you fall into? Um, and we've come a long way. Having said that, it's really interesting that you started out with blog writing at when it actually was a thing, right? It started to become... Um, very visible. We had all these humongous blogs with massive traffic. Uh, so now you're you're helping people write a business book, but you've also got your own book coming out. Yes. So my so, own book is really the reason, the motivation behind writing my own book is to help people understand what a book can do for them. So there's a lot of people, I mean, I I struggle to meet people who don't want to write a book. Everyone seems to want to write a book. But where entrepreneurs don't understand is what a book can do for them. Mm. So my book is case study based. And what I've done is I've I've interviewed all my previous clients Mm. and I've asked them, what did you do with your book? Because that is the key thing. You, You can't expect to just write a book. Mm-hmm. put it on Amazon and suddenly the world is amazed that you're an author and, and you know, it doesn't happen. I, I was told a few weeks ago that roughly 3,000 books per day are uploaded onto Amazon wow. over the world. 
Per wow. day, 3,000 new books, more than 3,000 new books. So if you're expecting just to write a book and then stick it on Amazon and suddenly the world is going to be like, oh my God, you're amazing. And you know, I'm going to make you a millionaire. Mm. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Where the money is, where the entrepreneurship is, is in leveraging your book. What do you mm. do with your book? So what I did with all of my previous clients is I interviewed them and said, what did you do with your book? How mm. did you build your business to that next level? And every single tip, tactic, strategy they gave me, I put it into my book. Because it means now, if someone's already written a book, but then no, they did nothing with it, they can yeah. read my book and go, okay, this is what I need to do with my book. Okay. And all the people who haven't written a book, hopefully this will give them an end goal. They can now see it. They can visualize, oh, this is what I can do in my business. Because okay. that's what the books that I help my students write, they're not, I, we don't do novels or poetry or anything like that. These are specifically business books, mm. but not just any kind of business book. They're, they're a business book that elevates you and positions you as an authority in your field, which mm. means you can charge more for what mm. you do. And you also start building secondary and tertiary passive income streams through, through collaborations. So, I mean, I always, you know, I always use the example of, I'm sure that you have this in India as well. In the UK, we have these famous TV doctors. So you get these these same faces that you see again. Whenever there's some health related issue in the news, these yeah. same doctors come on to news shows, and they and I'm sure you have them in India. You have these yeah. famous. And I always think I always say to my students, I always say, Do you believe that these doctors are actually any better, more qualified, or more knowledgeable than the doctor that you see when you're ill and you're gone? And they mm -hmm. go, Oh no, actually, probably they probably have the similar qualifications. Like yes. But these doctors are earning five to 10 times more than the average doctor because they're seen as an authority. They're a celebrity now. They're on TV. Right. That's what having a published book does for you. If you go out and leverage it and tell mm. loads of people about it, whatever it is you're doing, you could be, you know, we talked about Indian parents and they love doctors and engineers. Well, there's right. so many doctors and engineers. Right. But if you're a doctor or an engineer who's also a published author, you're not just any doctor now or any mm. engineer. You're the engineer that wrote that book. And now people want to say, hey, well, would you like to come and talk on my stage? Would you like to come to this event? And doors open for you. For, with all of my previous clients, they've there's one lady, I've got to give you this. It's a fantastic story. So this one lady, mm -hmm. she's a financial planner. Okay. Uh, and we published a book together. Mm -hmm. And in this book, she mentions a accounting software. She's based in the States. And she mentions this accounting software and says, this is really good. She endorses this, this accounting software. Mm. Anyway, we published a book and then she spent six to eight months really leveraging a book. You know, she was sending it out to the press. She was giving copies of it to every single client that she has. She was giving them several copies so they can give it out to friends and family. You know, mm -hmm. so she really leveraged a book. Within eight or nine months of her publishing a book, this accounting software firm heard that she was promoting them and said, hey, would you like to be our spokesperson? She now gets paid around, I think about $200,000 to $250,000 a year wow. just to be there. That's, that's extra. That's not even her main money. That's not from her business. That wow. is like a secondary income she now has. And she just goes around, obviously not last year because of the pandemic, she couldn't do it. But the previous year, she just, I think it was six or seven speaking engagements she had around the United States of America. And she got paid about $200,000 to $250,000 for that. And she, that's an opportunity she wasn't even expecting. That wasn't, she wrote the book. The reason why she wanted to have a book is she wanted to be able to charge her for more for her services. So average financial planners may charge, I don't know, $100 an hour. She wanted to charge five or $600 an hour. Mm -hmm. But how can she do that? Because if you're just a financial planner, just Google financial planner in your area and you'll see a thousand of them come up. Yeah. So when you see a thousand of them, you think, well, okay, I will go with the cheapest. Why would I go with this person who charges me $500 an hour when this one charges me only $100 an hour? Right. But if you if it comes on Google that this one, $500 is an authority on financial planning, you know, because they're a published author and you say, oh, wow, they spoke on this stage. Oh, mm -hmm. and they've got a collaboration with this software company. Oh, this person must be better than that person. That is why they're charging $500 an hour. Yeah. So it, that's what it's all about. It's about helping the perception the world has of you. 
So then you can charge more for your services. So that's why she was doing it. But then she got this extra Mm. money now coming in from this software company. Amazing, amazing story. And I feel like you absolutely made the case for why anyone should write a book. Because one of my questions, it's a great segue, was uh, that I wanted to ask you was, should I write a book only if I have like something to say important, which I think the world needs to hear. So here's something that I want to say, or should I do it? Because we all have something to say, but to establish credibility, like when should I decide to write a book? What's like the right time? Great question, Savita. I get this quite a lot. There's a lot of people who are waiting for this, this amazing, unique voice to come out. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, I always use the example of one of the most famous business books in the last 10 years uh, has been The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Yep, yes. you know it. Most yes. people know it. Yeah. And that book is essentially about time management and outsourcing. There's nothing unique in there. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Ferriss did not invent time management and outsourcing techniques. But all he did was he just created a unique voice, just a unique filter. It's not even new content. He just reimagined it as imagine if you could do everything in four hours, what would your life look like? If you can have a fantastic income and just work four hours, imagine what your life would look like. Imagine all this time that you'd be able to spend with your family, your friends, hobbies. That's all it was. But he wasn't reinventing the wheel. He didn't create something new there. So what I would say is, is stop worrying about, oh, I need to find this amazing, important thing to say. Mm. For me, the test is, do you have a business right now where you have clients who love you, who keep coming back to you again and again, and you are creating some kind of transformation for them? Whether it's in their life, their business, their relationships, it doesn't matter. Mm. If you do that, I'm a big believer that people can pay you once accidentally because you can just be a very, very good salesperson, but mm-hmm. you don't deliver. Mm. But if someone keeps coming back to you and paying you, right. you're good at something, because otherwise it wouldn't keep coming back and paying you. Yeah. So why wouldn't you write a book to help other people with the same thing that you're helping your clients? Right. So, I mean, I'm going back to the, the financial planner. Her book is really about how to plan your finances mm-hmm. so you have the best retirement. Because we're now living in a world where we're living so much, you know, we're going to be so much older. I mean, the average expectancy, life expectancy in the UK is already around 80 years. I think by the time I get to that age, most people will be hitting 100 before they die. Right. Which is great. On the one hand, it's nice you have extra years to live. But it can be a problem if you didn't plan your finances because you've now got an extra 10 to 15, maybe 20 years you're going to live. Where's the money? You don't yep. want to be working at that age. Yep. So her book is really just about planning, how to plan for the future. Savita, there is easily, we, we, we researched this before she started writing a book. We found there was over 13,000 books on this subject. Wow. That still didn't stop her from writing the book. Nice. When people tell me, oh my God, I don't know what to write about. Oh, it's already been done before. I went on Amazon and there's all these books. I'm like, I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care if there's all these other books. No one's going to say it like you. You're already unique. You have your own unique voice anyway. We're all mm. born unique. Even if you have an identical twin, they're not you. Yeah. They don't absolutely think like you. Yeah. So stop worrying. All you're doing, I see, when you write a business book for me, all you're doing is what you do with your clients. You're just making it, it, the, your knowledge and your expertise accessible in book format. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. But by doing that, you're going to be elevated. You're going to be seen as so different. Because I always say, whatever it is you're doing, think of everybody else in your market that does what you do. And then mm-hmm. ask yourself, do they have a website like me? Yes, they do. Do they have business cards like me? Yes, they do. Do they have flyers and brochures and marketing material? Yes, they do. Do they have social media presence? Are they on LinkedIn and Facebook? Yes, they do. Everyone, everyone has all the same things. So how do you differentiate yourself? Yeah. But how many of these people are published authors? That's the difference. That's why people respect published authors because you can have 100 engineers or 100 doctors, or you can have 100 life coaches, 100 strategy consultants, and they all have websites, business cards, all the stuff to sell their, you know, their services. Programs, yeah. But how many of them are published authors? Not many. And as soon as you're a published author, you're elevated. Everyone goes, oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm. you're serious. 
you're not just a engineer, you're an expert engineer because you've written a book on this subject. And that's when you can charge more for what you do. You start having collaborations like this lady who got asked by the software company. You start making extra income from other places. That's how, if you look at the people who are doing really well in any sector, Hmm. they don't just have one income stream. They have several income streams from different places, from different collaborations. But that only happens if you're seen as an authority. Wow, Mithali, that's like so many truth bombs in there. <laughs> uh, amazing uh, input. Uh, and I think like the way you share it, like sign me on. I, I'm in for this. But, uh, I mean, having said that, okay, so now you've convinced me about this case for writing a book and maybe I can find some stuff to write about. So should I get a, biz, uh, a book writing coach? And also, um, yeah, let's start there. Should I get a book writing coach? And will can I not do it by myself? But to answer that question, absolutely, you can do it by yourself. Absolutely. There's a, the thing is, we live in a world now, Savita, where everything is online. So if, mm-hmm. if we were having this discussion 30 years ago, well, we wouldn't be having this discussion on Zoom because Zoom didn't yes. wasn't invented by them. But if we're having this discussion... 30 or 40 years ago, then we were living in a world where information was very important. You didn't have access to information straight away. Mm. So if you wanted to write a book, you go, oh my God, I don't even know where to start. Like what is literally the first step? What should I take? Now you can just go to Google and you'll find someone, you'll have YouTube videos that'll show you step-by-step what to do. So you absolutely can do it by yourself. Where a book coach comes in is it's accountability. That's the difference now. Mm. And that's what people now buy. People no longer buy information because information is available everywhere. What they now buy is someone to break it down for them, to keep them accountable, to Mm. motivate them. Because a lot of people start a lot of different projects and most of us never finish most of the projects we start in life. We get all excited about, oh, yes, we're going to do this. And we never do it. I, I always say I've got a couple of friends who are fitness consultants and they're the same, you know, if you want to learn how to exercise properly, you don't need a fitness coach or a fitness consultant. You right. can just now go onto YouTube and there's people there doing videos where you can just follow along. Yeah. What you get with a fitness coach or a fitness consultant is someone who's going to be in contact with you and say, hey, I've not heard from you in a couple of days. What's mm. going on? Did you do that run that you said you were going to do? Yeah. If I come if I come to your house now, am I going to have a, see a fridge full of crap? in there mm-hmm. or is it going to be good food in there you need that person to be like oh my god they're going to check up on me i need to stay on right. this right. whereas you know youtube is not going to check up on whether you're actually doing the exercises or whether you just sat on a couch watching somebody else exercise mm-hmm. so that's what you're buying you're buying accountability you're buying motivation you're buying inspiration you're not buying information so mm-hmm. i would say can you write a book by yourself absolutely if you're one of those few minority people who are just real self-starters and you don't need anybody. You can just be like, oh, yes, I can do this myself. Then absolutely, go and find mm. the information, do it. A great place to start, by the way, is my blog. I actually go through all the steps of how to write a book. And I've even got a free uh, PDF guide uh, that, that, it, that people can download. And it goes through exactly what you need to do to plan, mm. write, edit, publish, and promote your book. So you wow. don't even need someone like me. You can do it yourself. Right. But if you're needing inspiration, if you're the sort of person who looks at that and goes, yeah, I can do that, but I know what's going to happen. In about two weeks' time, I'm going to want to give up Hmm. because I'm overwhelmed and there's too much to do. That's when someone like me can really help because I can say, okay, let's do this. Let's keep you accountable. We need to keep doing this. And you just sometimes need that person to push you and make sure you do what you said you were going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. Okay, so I'm I'm convinced that I need to get this book out. I need to build my credibility. I've got myself a coach um, like you, Mithali, and now I'm ready, right? Where do I start? Right. So, well, in my program, that issue doesn't happen because my program is an all-in program. Mm -hmm. So students come in, I coach them into planning and writing their book. Mm -hmm. And then I have a team of editors, graphic designers, typesetters, publishers who take the manuscript and turn it into a published book for both paperback and uh, electronic formats. Okay. So 
if somebody has gone to a book coach who just taught them how to write a book, but then now they're on their own, Mm. this is where it gets difficult. This is why I have an all-in program. Let me tell you a story. I had a really bad experience last year. So in the summer when I was putting this program together, I had a friend of mine who said, oh, I'll, I'll be your test person. I'll be your guinea pig. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I just wanted to, and at this stage, I didn't even have a fully program. It was literally, I just had Word documents going through the steps of how to plan and write a book. That's all it was. I hadn't created my full program at the stage. Mm. But he said he would be my guinea pig. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful that I can get feedback from him. So he went through my, my program, wasn't even a real program then. And he wrote a book and he wrote it in six weeks and he, you know, he did it really, really well. Hmm. And then he said, okay, so now what, what's next? He's like, well, well, the next thing you need to do is now we need to get the professionals involved. Right. So we need to get your book edited. We need to get a designer for your front and back cover. We need a typesetter. Typesetter is somebody who does all the interior design in a book. Yeah. And we need publishers, separate publishers for formatting for Kindle and then formatting for paperback. So he's like, okay, where am I going to get those people? I said, well, I'm quite well connected in the industry. So I've got a little black book of all these great people. Here you go. You go and, you know, ring them, see who you like, negotiate prices with them. Off you go. He must have rung a few of them and then decided, "Mm, let me just see if I can find people by myself. So he went to Fiverr Mm. and basically found an editor for about $200, found someone who can do a book cover design for about $50. He managed to get everything done under $1,000. And like, I'm sorry, my editors, I pay them about one and a half to $2,000 for Mm. a book. Just the mm. editing, not even not even the design or anything. And mm. he's telling me that he's managed to get everything done under $1,000. I was really skeptical. I was like, what, are you serious? Mm. And then what happened, well, this is the, the sad thing. He contacted me when the book was on Amazon. Okay. And he said, um, so, sorry, just before he was about to put the book onto Amazon, he says, I would like to dedicate the book to you. Mm. Is that okay? And I had to, I had to say, no, please don't do that. You're going to ruin my reputation. Hmm. And that was so bad. I felt so bad because he's a friend of mine. But the thing is, people do judge the way a book looks. It's not just about the content. And it looked a mess. It looked like an amateur did it. The cover looks like a 14-year-old did it. It it doesn't look like a professional book. It doesn't look like something that comes from Penguin or HarperCollins or one of the major publishing companies, which is, I mean, what we were just discussing 10 minutes ago. The book is all about building your authority. How is it going to build your authority if it looks like a 14-year-old produced it? Absolutely. It's got to look like it came from a major publishing house. Otherwise, you're Mm -hmm. not going to get the respect and the authority. And that's why you're doing it for. That's the only reason. You're not writing a book for your health. You're writing a book to build your business. So that's when something clicked in my brain after that bad experience. And I thought, I don't want to be just a book coach. So now I'm a book coach and publisher. So you wow. go through the whole process with me. And that way I can, I sound like a control freak, don't I, Sabina? <laughs> no, you don't. I'm like, wow, it's a one-stop shop. So Yeah, you know. because I can then control the whole process. I can make sure that the end result looks like it comes from one of the major publishing houses. Because mm. that is how you're going to get the respect. That is how you're going to get the authority. Absolutely. You know, my ex-clients who now have these amazing businesses, like this lady who is now considered a thought leader in financial planning, Hmm. she wouldn't have got that respect if she had like a cover from Fiverr and the editing is all sloppy and there's still typing errors in there. And she's like, we wouldn't have got that respect. The reason why she has that respect, the reason why the software company wanted to align themselves with her is they saw this book and it was like, wow, the content's amazing, but the quality is amazing as well. It's got to work. So I would say if you've, um, to answer your question, if, if you've gone with a book coach who doesn't offer an all-in program like me, Hmm. ask them because they're a book coach. They're in the industry. Say, hey, can you give me, you know, a couple of editors, a couple of publishers, a couple of graphic designers that you know? Right. I mean, don't just go with the first one because it may be you you want to compare prices, of course, and get the best Hmm. price. So say, you know, give give them two or three of each of the, the, you know, the specialists that you need. Then you can ring them all, compare prices, but at least you know those are people that are recommended by this book coach. So yeah. they're going to, whatever you do, don't go to Fiverr or Upwork and just anybody can call themselves an editor. Anybody can call themselves a graphic designer. Mm. You know, yeah. anybody, I, anybody you can just say, hey, yeah, I can, you know, I, I read books. Yeah. But yeah. I'll just call myself an editor now. 
You can. There's no, there's no law saying you can't do that. You can go on to Upwork and put yourself up as an editor. I'm not saying everybody on Upwork is bad. There's some amazing specialists there. But mm. if you don't know, yeah, how do you know someone's good? I know when I go to Upwork, I, I don't look for editors because I already have a wonderful team of editors. But if I need a new editor, I can go to Upwork and I will know, oh, this person is just amazing. Oh, this mm. person is just having me on. This person yeah. is just lying. I know what to look for. But if yeah. you don't know, if you're not in the industry, how do you know an editor is good or, or an editor is bad? Yeah. yeah. He didn't know this friend of mine. He had he got the manuscript back and he thought it was great. I mm. found loads of mistakes. Yeah. But he yeah. didn't. So I, I would say get guidance from your book. If you've got a good book coach, they should know a few editors, a few publishers, a few graphic designers. Go with what they tell you. Okay. Even if it seems a little bit expensive, it's better to be a little bit expensive and make sure the book is a fantastic book. Then otherwise, why did you bother writing the book? All that hard work. Yeah. Wasted. Yeah. It's wasted. Absolutely. Um, so coming to hard work, because we touched upon that, a lot of people, right? Uh, one of my first clients incidentally wrote a book as well. And he, he was sitting a lot of these blocks and finally he sat down and finished this book. Um, and then, you know, he got through it. That's when I realized, like, you know, you read about creative block, writer's block. Um, but if you were writing a business book, um, what do you do? It, number one, I'm sure because you're structuring it, you're planning out your content well in advance, this doesn't happen. Like if you were to be writing a story, fiction, creating a story out of, you know, your own um, thought process. Uh, does this happen? Do they really have creative blocks or writer's block, as we call it? Uh, or is there a different it happens it? it happens but not with my students it doesn't happen while they're writing it mm. happens at the planning uh, okay. stage which okay. is when it should happen that's when we need to get through it mm. writer's block shouldn't happen while you're writing because writing a non-fiction business book is a very different process to writing mm. fiction okay. what you tend to find with fiction is i've got a, a number of friends who are fiction authors uh, and I always think they're amazing people. Their brains are wired very differently to mine. I could never, I don't think I would ever have the brains to write fiction because my brain just doesn't work on that level. Um, and they always say that you know, when they start writing, they have an idea of, obviously they have an idea of what the book's going to be about. And they have a at least one strong character in their mind. Mm -hmm. But they always tell me that they're surprised with where their book ends up. So okay. writing fiction is almost like you go on a journey with these characters yourself. So the, the book grows with you. So mm -hmm. a lot of my friends who are authors, they've said the book has ended in a completely different way to what they expected originally. Okay. Because as they were writing, they were like, oh, wow, they were getting inspired by this character. Mm -hmm. You'll find with fiction authors, they even talk about their characters as if they're real people. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I always find that really interesting because they were talking about this character and be like, yeah, but I think she'll be more like this and she does this and this is how she feels. I'm like, this person doesn't exist. They're in your brain. But they almost see these people as real people. Yeah. And because of that, the ending and what the character goes through will change. That okay. is the, and that, this is where writer's block can happen because okay. sometimes your book has gone into a different direction, but now you're thinking, hmm, is that the right direction for it to have gone? It yeah. felt right three days ago when I was writing this, but now I'm not sure. Hmm. That yeah. shouldn't happen with a business book because you're yeah. not you're not inventing something. Yeah. This is not a story that you're inventing. Yeah, yeah. This is, it's not, it, it's what you're doing is you're explaining, you're demonstrating your expertise. Absolutely. So what I would say is your book should sound like as if you've gone to Starbucks with somebody, a mm. brand new client, or maybe not even a client, a prospect. Hmm. And you're explaining to them right from the beginning what it is you do. So in your case, as a business coach, what are the first lessons that you start teaching people when they become a client of yours? Mm -hmm. And then expanding on that. And that's all it is. All you're doing is just what you do in your coaching, your consulting, whatever it is you do in your business. You're yeah. just doing that. You're just explaining to people. So you shouldn't have a writer's block, especially if you do what my students do, which is they use a, a great tool called mind42.com. It's mm -hmm. a mind mapping software. So okay. before they're allowed to write anything, they actually create this huge mind map of every single thing that they're going to mention in the book. 
Okay. So literally you can, you know, you can create chapters and there's sub points and sub sub points and okay. you can go, oh yeah, I've got a really great diagram that can go in there or mm-hmm. I've got a great photo. That needs to go. And they literally plan out their whole book. It's like, a, it looks like a massive spider's web when they're finished with it. Wow. By the time they've got that, when they get to writing it, they can't get writer's block yeah. because their mind map is telling them what they need Absolutely. to write. Yeah. Yeah. So as I long as that. you do that, as long as you plan everything out, you shouldn't get writer's block. Writer's sure. block, I, I always worry when people are writing nonfiction business books um, saying, and they say they've got writer's block. And I instantly go, you didn't plan correctly then because hmm. you shouldn't have one. Because if you're a successful entrepreneur, you are already doing this in your business. Hmm. You must be because yeah. that's how you attract clients. Yeah. You attract clients by giving them value. You will have blog posts. You'll have social media posts where you're right. giving people value. And educating them because that's how it works in 2021 now. We're not in the 80s. What we used to do is used to advertise and say, Hey, go and come and buy my amazing thing. And then Mm. people will come and buy your amazing thing. It doesn't work in 2021. Now Mm. it's the opposite. Now you don't say buy me. Now it's here, let me give you value. Let Mm. me give you light bulb moments. Let me give you knowledge. And then if you want to know more, buy from me. That's how everybody is now doing marketing because that's yeah. what works. So yeah. that means you're already doing it in your business. So how the hell are you having writer's block? Yeah. Okay. Because you're educating and you're demonstrating your expertise on blog posts, on social media, when you're speaking with prospects and clients, you're doing it already. You just need to get all of that and put it into a book. Yeah. Okay. So I hear you. Yeah, I, I get that. So maybe it's not even a question that comes up. So, I mean, that's... That takes me to my next question, and I'm not going to keep you longer, of course, but so I need to, there's some prep that goes into it, right? Uh, because yes. You can't just decide, okay, I'm going to write my book. This is my idea. I've done the mind map and let's go. Uh, what is the kind of prep? Uh, if you can briefly like share that. Um, and then what, how, how does one normally schedule their day? Um, and, you know, can people really write their books in those 60 days or 90 days? Yeah. It's it's less than sixty um, ninety days actually. The full my full program is ninety days, okay. but my team takes six weeks okay. to take the manuscript and publish it because it takes a while to edit it mm-hmm. and uh, to do the interior design. Um, the graphic designer has to create a great book cover as well for you. So actually, my students finish their books in six weeks. Wow! So it's about okay. forty five days. But yeah, it's very very doable. Because what, like I said, I go back to what I just said. What we're doing, we're not reinventing the wheel here. What we're doing is we are taking what you do in your business, the transformations you create, and the conversations that you have with your prospects mm-hmm. and your clients. You're just putting that in book format. Yeah. So if you think about it this way, and the fact that you're already doing it on a mini form, you're already doing it in blog posts and social media articles and all the stuff that you do for your business right now, mm-hmm. you just need to do it on a grander scale yeah. for your book. So that's the first thing. When you think that is a, a mindset thing to make you stop procrastinating and worrying, oh, what am I going to put into this book? Right. If you're already an entrepreneur, you already have enough to say because you're creating transformations for people right now. If you yeah. have a successful business, then you're already doing it. So you just yeah. need to do that. The second thing is mind map everything out. Mm. That is a big thing. A lot of people kind of think planning a book is, oh, I just know what's going to go into each chapter. And then they start writing. Right. The problem is you need to know every single thing that's going to go into that chapter. Because what will happen is if you don't do that, you'll write, because you have these great ideas, but then you'll write that chapter. Then you'll get to chapter four. Then you suddenly mm. realize there's something you mentioned in chapter four. should have been in chapter one, but you didn't put it in chapter one. Now it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. And this is where things can go wrong. So I will say mind map every single thought out before mm-hmm. you start writing a book. Mm-hmm. That way you're not going to get writer's block, but also you're not going to go, oh my God, I forgot this. And this is really important because a lot of people think, oh, if it's something that you've forgotten, you can just stick it back in again. It doesn't work that way because if you just stick something into the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. that will now change the tone of the whole book. So I've seen people who've been writing books for five years. And the reason why is they keep adding something in the beginning, but then the whole book needs rewriting. I always think of a book like a domino. (laughs) You know, you can't just go and just put what, you know, change. I'll just go and change that domino. Once you change that domino, that's going to affect the whole book now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's when people get really tired. And, you know, when you meet these tortured uh, authors who've been writing for years Mm. and they're so tired and they hate their book now. 
Mm. Because like you know, they, they just they just feel like they can never get it to publishing stage because yeah. they keep because they never plan properly. So yeah. make sure you plan properly, then you don't have that issue um, yeah. uh, later on. And the other thing I would say is, all my students dictate their book; they don't write their book. There's um. a really good um, app that you know I'm sure some of your listeners will know called Otter. Okay. AI. Hmm. So really good transcription service, really cheap. I think it's like under $10 an hour and they get up to 6,000 minutes of transcription, Hmm. which means they just have an app on the phone and they just speak your phone. You just speak into your phone and speak your book out. Hmm. And again, that people go, oh my God, I never thought of that. They were thinking, oh my God, they have to type this book. And they're like, oh my God, I'm very slow at typing. This book is going to take me months to write. I'm like, don't type. It's like, don't type, just talk, talk your book out. In okay. fact, it's easier, not just for the speed, it's easier because this is what you do with your clients and your prospects. You're talking to them. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do that with your book? Why would you want to type when yeah. you talk with your... And you'll find that when you talk, the tone of your book is exactly right. Because I always say these books need to be conversational in tone. When mm. people are reading a book, they need to feel like that you've just taken them to Starbucks mm. and they're having a conversation with you over coffee. Yeah. And you're helping them with a problem. So, for example, say that person say that person is worried and needs help with nutrition, but they don't really understand. So, one people are telling them fat is bad. Another person is telling them, "No, fat is good for you. Carbohydrates are bad for you." They want to be reading the book as if you're sat in front of them, mm-hmm. explaining to them as an expert. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. fat can be bad, but carbohydrate is even worse for you because if you don't burn off the carbohydrates, that turns into fat in your body, and it needs to be conversational. Mm. And when people type, I don't know what happens. People start writing as if they're a university professor. They start being like, you know, wanted to use all these amazing big words because I want to be so clever. And, and mm. it's like, people don't like that. People don't like to be talked down to. Yeah. These books need to feel like you're somebody who's on their level, but just giving them that expertise and knowledge they need. And that comes out a lot easier if you dictate your book instead of typing it. Wow. That's such a fantastic tip because that would have been me trying to like type it all out and then it feels like a lot of work but when you say dictating it it's like you know you're you're just it's going straight from your head into uh, you know you're speaking into the microphone or into the app and then you're like it's just transcribing it it's that's and as long as you have the mind map the 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 reason why dictating doesn't work for some people is because they didn't plan properly so I keep going back to planning is probably the most important Important. part of your book because some people say oh well I can't dictate because I lose my train of thought it's like why are you losing your train of thought that means you didn't if you dictate and you're losing your train of thought that is a warning sign that you haven't planned properly so I would stop dictating go back to the planning stage and Mm. plan your book out properly because if you've planned your book out properly you should not lose your train of thought because your plan will tell you right you've said this now you need to say this Mm. and now after that you need to say this point after that point, you talk about that point. So how are you losing your, it's impossible yeah. to lose your train of thought. Okay. So if you're losing your train of thought, that is your warning sign. I didn't plan properly. I need mm. to go back to planning and plan out every single thing that's going to go into every single chapter. Okay, such brilliant points. I'm going to have to listen to this interview again, because I'm sure like there's stuff that I need to make, take notes on. So finally comes to the end of uh, my last question as well uh, is, okay, I've got my book. I've written it down. Now what? How do I get a publisher? What are my next steps? If you can, again, just like briefly share those. Okay. So, I mean, what that question, Savita, that would, if I answered that properly, it would probably be about two hours. So, no, no, no. <laughs> just briefly. Huge, it's a huge thing. There's so many different kinds of publishers. I'm yeah. actually creating a resource over the next few weeks um, which I will share with you so you can share okay. with your audience. Yes. Because yeah. I've had so many people ask me this. So I don't know. There's all these different kinds of publishers. There's traditional publishers and hybrid publishers and vanity publishers and self-publishers. And they, they make my head hurt yeah. because I don't understand all these different kinds of publishing services and which one is right for me. Mm. So I'm actually creating a resource where it's 21 questions. You can ask any publisher, you can ask these 21 questions and then you'll know exactly what kind of publisher they are and whether they're right for you or whether you should say no to them. Now I am what you call a self-publisher. So what I do with my students is they write a book with me and then I have a team of people who publish the book on Amazon, Mm. both paperback and electronic. 
But okay. then because it's self-publishing, the student or my client, they retain complete control of the book. So they okay. can do whatever they want with the book. Okay. On the opposite end of the scale, a traditional publisher, I I don't want to say don't go down that route, but I would say you'd have difficulty. The way the traditional publisher works is they will pay for your editing. They will mm. pay for your graphic design, interior design, publishing, which makes, makes most people go, oh, that's wonderful. I'll go with a traditional yeah. publisher. They will pay me. The problem is they now own your book. Okay. That's why. They're not going to otherwise pay for everything, are they? So their businesses, they pay for everything. And then from the book sales, they will make their money back and make even more profits. So that is how the traditional publishing business model works. Mm. The problem with that is they own the book, so you will only get 6 to 10% of profits. Okay. Secondly, most traditional publishers will not uh, give you that unless you're already an existing author or you already have a following. Mm. So this is the problem. So I always say, do you really want to go to a traditional publisher? Because they're going to have power of the book. You will no longer own your book. You will not get all of the profits. Mm. They will take most of it and you'll only get small amount of profits. Plus, they're not even helping you with the marketing. They'll only give you a deal if you already have. So say, for example, you can say, I've got an email list with, you know, 5,000 people active on it. Or I've got Mm -hmm. a Facebook group with 10,000 people. Then they'll go, okay, we'll give you a publishing deal. But then if if you've already got those people, then why are you giving control away to your book when you can have, you know, a self-publisher will help you publish your book, but then you can do, you can just give it to all the people that you want. So I would say traditional publishing is a good idea only if, First of all, you've got a great idea that a traditional publisher wants because most traditional publishers won't even publish your book. Yeah. But if they do publish your book, they will at least pay for everything up front, which is quite good. Okay. Whether someone like me, you need to, I mean, my team need paying. I have editors. So you need, you know, it's part of the program that yeah. you pay me up front. But then once you've paid, it's done. You know, with a traditional yeah. publisher, you're basically getting a loan from them. Okay. And because of that, you will have to pay them. And an average contract is three to five years. So okay. you're stuck with them for three to five years. And the sad thing is, if you've got a good publisher, then great. But if you've got a bad publisher, they can control your book. You don't get to say how much you charge. I met this one gentleman who wasn't even happy with this book. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I want to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. And his publisher said, no, we're happy with it. So we're publishing it. So he now has a book on Amazon with his name on it that he's not proud of, but he doesn't control the book now. The publisher said, well, we're happy with it. So we need to make our money back. So we're publishing it. Wow. Okay. So interesting. It's, I I think, yeah, that to our conversation, uh, it'll probably need that. But I think you've shared so much brilliant information. Um, So how do we get to the next part? I'm, uh, we you shared so much here. How can people find you? How can people work with you? How can people get your book, buy your book? Um, please share with us uh, because I definitely want this book that you have written. <laughs> I need this. Well, I right. think the book's going to be really, it's going to be an eye opener for a lot of people because there's a lot of people who just, they, like I said, they just don't know what a book can do for them. And I hope by reading my book, it's called The Freedom Master Plan. I hope that by reading my book, it will inspire them because they will see, oh my God, I can do that in my business. You know, yes. there's so many different strategies. You don't have to, don't do all of them. You can just pick the ones that you think that will work for your business. Yeah. But it just means you'll be able to see what writing a book can do because mm. it's important. I mean, a lot of people want to write a book, but it takes time and effort. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, you need to be careful about where you spend your time and your effort and your money. You mm. want to only spend it on things that will give you a big return on investment. Yeah. And this is the problem with books. A lot of people just don't realize the huge return on investment that you can get. But mm-hmm. only if you leverage your book correctly, which is what my book is all about. It's mm-hmm. how all of my former clients leverage their books and they now have these amazing businesses yeah. um, and they make a lot of money and they're very happy in their lives. Yeah. So that book's going to be out on, it's next Friday. So it's Friday the 12th yeah. of yeah. Uh, March. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when it's going to be available on Amazon. It's going to be available both Kindle and paperback. So whichever format you want. Um, I'm also having a Zoom book launch party, which everyone, your your listeners are invited to. So it's going to be uh, on the same day on Friday, the 12th of March. It's 7 p.m. GMT, Mm -hmm. which I believe, gosh, what what time is that going to be for you? what time is Are it you right five now? hours ahead of me i think yeah five and like a half that. maybe so it's depends. a bit late it's a bit late for india i've asked my mother my mother said because my mother lives in assam and okay. she was like oh my gosh that's gonna be midnight you want me to stay up until midnight it's like yes it's <laughs> a big deal for me mother i'm publishing a book can you please be present so she said yeah okay i'll be there yeah. um but yeah so it's a little bit late but it, it'll be for an hour but it'll be really good as well because there'll be readings from the book there'll be you know performers there as well but again, I think it'd be good for people to see what a book launch looks like. Because yeah. that could be you. If you write a book, yeah. that could be you. And these book launches are also a big marketing opportunity. So what I'm having is someone is live streaming mm-hmm. the, um, the Zoom book launch party out over to YouTube and LinkedIn and a number of places. So again, that reach is going out. Yeah. So again, it's it's quite interesting to see how these launch parties work and yeah. interesting yeah. for future book writers to see. For sure, for sure. And people can find you on LinkedIn. I'll be sharing. uh, And I'll give you the, what I'll do is I'll make sure I'll give you the link for the five steps guide. I think that would be really good for people to see. So if people do want to do it by themselves, they can go through that five-step guide and literally will walk them through the five steps of writing and publishing a book. So they can do it themselves if they want to do it. But then if they need more guidance, they can come to me. Yeah, no, but thank you so much. I feel like if, People just listen to this conversation with notes. They can get started. And then, you know, I think yours is a great program to be a part of. Uh, count me in at some point. Thank but, you. Uh, and thank you for the PDF. People can download the PDF. I'm going to drop the link both on LinkedIn and on the podcast on Spotify. Podcast goes up on Spotify, Hubhopper, and we have a few more places it's going to be listed. On that note, thank you so very much for this amazing, uh, you know, hour almost of our conversation because I personally have learned so much and I know that there are many people out there who understand that a book adds to credibility they want to write books I know fellow coaches who want to do this so I think this is just amazing once again thank you for your time thank you Savita thank you for having me Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success.